the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, anything. I kind of try to pride myself on that. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. We can talk credit scores. They're important. Um, I think some people put too much into them. And again, that can be a negative. Greece and the Eurozone have reached a deal that should, for all intents and purposes, avert a Grexit from the Eurozone. Fortunately, it should also mean we don't have to use that dumb term much longer. In any event, the stock market roared on the news. It's a remarkable response on a few levels. First, the Greek parliament still has to approve the terms of the deal, which reportedly calls for higher taxes and pension reform, as well as the establishment of a 50 billion euro fund using Greek assets to help pay down debt and recapitalize the country's banks. In other words, it's about as strict, if not stricter, than the provisions the Greek citizens voted against in a recent referendum, where... They said, no, we don't want reforms to pensions, and no, we don't want to extend loans, and no, we don't want higher taxes, and yes, that's what you're going to have to settle for. Um, it hasn't been lost on me that the market is cheering the fact that this is the third bailout deal for Greece. The third. Giving meaning or meat to that term. If first you don't succeed, try, try again. Greece is being given funding again. And the rest of the Eurozone can pretty much so assume that Greece won't be able to fully repay the debt. And I think they'll be in the same exact situation three to four years down the road. Um, but helping others seems to be good business for Wall Street. Shanghai Composite was up today. Its last three trading sessions up 13.2%. But that's being, it's kind of being rigged by government intervention right now. Kind of have a glass roof of sorts over our heads in the United States. So we can't throw too many stones. Because uh, I think it's fair to say the Federal Reserve has more than helped the U.S. investor. As well as the government policies. 
Um, so the good times are rolling again. The good times are rolling again. There's a big deal going down in the energy sector. MPLX LP is going to acquire Mark West Energy Partners for $20 billion. It's a 32% premium over Friday's close. Seagate Technologies has issued a fiscal fourth quarter revenue warning, citing lower than expected inter-quarter demand. And Asina Retail Group is cutting its fiscal 2015 guidance due to primarily to disappointing sales at its Justice and Dress Barn brands, which the whole phrase Dress Barn, someone should probably come up with a better name for a company, right? I mean, doesn't that sound like... Ooh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'm. I'm not going there. My producer's going there, but I won't go there. Let's go to the dress barn. Woo! It's Friday. Um. So Seagate issues a warning, and Cena Retail issues a warning. So you got two retail, uh, not two retailers, but you got one retailer and one tech company. Microsoft is coming out with a new version of Windows this month. I think later this month, I want to say the 27th of July, it's going to start rolling out. And if you have Windows 7 or 8, it's going to be a free upgrade. Um, and that's going to hurt companies like Seagate. So beginning of July 20th, the public's going to be bombarded with ads for Windows 10 at retailers on TV and online as the company cranks up a marketing blitz for the next version of its operating system, which is due to launch on the 29th of July. Uh, there'll be launch parties, which basically implies that you're, how shall we say, never kissed a girl if you go to a Windows launch party. Um, but maybe that's, that'll be your chance. So company hopes the free approach will strengthen Windows as a gateway to sell other Microsoft products. The operating system will be given away free of charge. It has a goal of 1 billion Windows devices in use by the end of June 2018. Um... My Windows operating system right now is kind of, I don't want to say it's on its last legs, but it feels like it is. I just feel like the registry's thrashed, and I either have to reinstall it or something. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's an old computer and some of the um, hardware ports are starting to fail. I, I, I don't know. It sometimes boots. It sometimes doesn't boot. So I'm going to wait to see if the new free Windows version 10 fixes things. If not, time for a new computer. Um, it's the big event of the week. Minus more Greek drama will be the Fed Chairman's Janet Yellen semi-annual testimony on the economy and the monetary policy. That begins on Wednesday before the House Financial Services Committee, which is also the day that China's going to report its second quarter GDP data. So we'll get a little bit of something going on this week. Uh, it's a busy week of market moving news. If we learned anything last week, um, nothing can be taken for granted. So we continue to pay attention to all this data and all this drama. Um, it might work for you, it might not. I totally get it. I'm not buying into uh, Greece is fixing the problems of the world. So I, I hope you're not buying into that. Walmart's launching a rival sale to Amazon's Prime Day, the Walmart versus Amazon fight. You know how Amazon came up with this whole... July 15th is going to be the day that, unlike other days, they're going to have more exclusive discounts than Black Friday. Walmart wants a piece of that action, so they're announcing 2,000 online exclusive rollbacks. Apple shared the smartphone industry's profit 
soared to 92%. About 1,000 companies make smartphones. One of them reaps 92% of the profits. Apple recorded 92% of the total operating income from the eight top smartphone makers in the first quarter, up from 65% a year earlier. Comcast is selling its own cord-cutting service. This is going to be interesting. Comcast says it's now competing, sort of, with HBO, Showtime, Sony, and Dishes Slim TV, uh, which will allow you one cable TV channel to deliver it over the web, but also it'll allow you all your local channels. Comcast versions are going to be called Stream, and it'll deliver all the broadcast networks plus HBO for $15 a month, which is kind of interesting. I'm not going to say it's jump up and down interesting, but it's kind of interesting. Starbucks is teaming up with more than a dozen companies in commitment in a commitment to hire young minority workers over the next three years. This includes companies like Alaska Air, CVS, Lyft, Microsoft, and Walmart. They've all pledged to hire 100,000 mostly low-income 16 to 24-year-olds as either apprentices, interns, part- or full-time employees by 2018. To me, this feels like a big PR press release. Coalition was initiated by Starbucks chief executive Howard Schultz, who in March vowed to hire at least 10,000 young, low-income people in the U.S. over the next three years. Um, Home prices hit new highs in 10 states. Limited supply of listings continues to push home prices higher across the nation. So much higher that 10 states in the District of Columbia hit a new home price peaks in May, including sales of distressed homes. Prices increased about 6.3% from year-ago levels. Um, Now, what's sad news on that is that's just 10 states. Uh, 33 states are now within 10% of their peaks, going back to January 1976 on this data. Um, The 10 states that hit price peaks, Alaska, Colorado, Iowa, Nebraska, New York, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, and Vermont. Missing is our California. I love you, California. Does that commercial not drive you nuts if you're in the Bay Area? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Conicon, I have nothing. Talking investing, I got a little bit. So just know that that's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Mortgage rates on 30-year fixed-rate loans remained below 4% through May, helping fuel some home purchase activity. Our houses for sale listing data shows that markets with high demand and limited supply are recording double-digit appreciation rates um, for now. Again, the higher interest rates, when they come, is going to create problems for wealth, the stock market, and real estate. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can hear his show Monday through Fridays here on KDOW. From 1 to 2 p.m., new focus on wealth. 
Mr. Burton, let's talk about Roth conversions. What is a Roth conversion, and why should I care? Uh, Roth conversion is when you say, okay, I've got an IRA okay. or 401k, and I want to pay the taxes now and put it into a Roth IRA so it grows tax-free for the rest of my life. And it's an account that you can access. As long as it's been five years and you're over age 59 and a half, you can access it tax-free. All of the growth, contributions, everything for the rest of your life. Now, who would want to do a Roth? Who would want to pay taxes now? Well, people that are that are in lower than average tax bracket. So it's a lot easier to, to have this conversation when you're in states like Washington where there's no state income tax. Okay. But in California, you have to deal with state income tax and federal tax. So if you have an account, you have an IRA, you're like, hey, you know what? I'm at – I'm going to be at a low tax bracket. Like I've had – one time I had an engineer from – Intel take a 18 month sabbatical. They just needed some time off. They're taking a sabbatical. It's something they allowed him to do. So very low tax bracket because he was living off cash while he was off vacationing and doing some things he wanted to do. And so we were able to convert a large amount of his IRA over a couple of years at a very low bracket, a lower bracket than he'll ever be, um, and pay the taxes now. But the key is, is he had cash outside of the accounts to pay okay. the taxes. That's the other reason why this is the only time it makes sense is when you have cash outside of the account to pay the taxes. So you have to have cash on hand and be at a lower bracket. And where this comes in as well is that high-income workers, they, they end up, if they have diversified assets, in other words, they have cash, they have brokerage accounts, and they have pre-tax accounts in 401ks, between the ages of 65 and 70 and a half, you can enjoy a very low tax bracket. But by 70 and a half, you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs and 401ks, even if you don't want to, and your tax bracket starts to go up. So there's a sweet spot at retirement where for that five-year period, if you do your calculations right, you can convert. You say, okay, I'm always going to be at a 25% bracket at once I hit 70 and a half, so I might as well convert enough of my IRA each year to max out that existing marginal bracket so boom, by age 70 and a half, not only do my required minimum distributions go way down because I've converted large chunks of my IRA, but now I have this big tax-free account that I can draw on for the rest of my life. And another benefit of a Roth is that you can, you don't have to draw on it at any point in time. or right. So you, can, you, don't, you can't keep funding it, Right. but you don't have to draw on it. So yeah, There's no IRA funding after age 70 and a half. It's not allowed. But let's say you're grandma, right? Yeah. And you're realizing you're looking at your grandkids and you're sitting there with your pension from IBM, Lockheed Martin, something like that. And you're looking at your grandkids and saying, you know, they're going to have issues getting health care. They're okay. going to have no pensions. Social Security is probably not going to be around for them. I want to leave them some sort of a legacy. Well, if grandma's got, you know, this great big IRA that she just doesn't even need, she's just taking her minimum credit distributions and doesn't even want that because she's saved enough or has a pension, she could convert that large IRA to a Roth IRA. Really? And when she does that, she doesn't have to take required minimum distributions anymore. She could leave child, grandchild as the beneficiary, and when she passes, that child can roll that IRA account, that Roth IRA, into an inherited Roth IRA and have a tax-free account for the rest of their lives. It's one of the best assets you could leave somebody as a Roth IRA. Nice. And so the, the, that grandchild would just take a little bit out each year based on their life expectancy. They could take out more if they wanted to. And, you know, it's a great – you can call it grandma's pension to the grandchild. So. <laughs> grandma's pension to the grandchild. Yep, that's right. That's kind of interesting. It's, it's 
not going to be marketed by Fidelity that way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. You know, that's we, we're running out of time. But that's something that I want people to realize, that like 529 plans, they're, they're accounts that are marketed. Um, it's something to think about. It's like, just think about money a little bit differently. Always question, do you really need this, or did I just see a commercial for this? That's for Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Now I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Millennials, current aversion to marriage and children affects when or when they do or don't ultimately buy a home. As long as they delay or forego those choices, they're much less likely to want to buy a home. Even if they can afford it, home ownership simply does not fit the current lifestyle. Um, I know many millennials, and that sums them up pretty well. Uh, not all, but many. A college degree still predicts a higher rate of employment and higher levels of income. Research has led uh, most people to an unconventional yet surprising obvious answer. Lack of finances is not primarily the reason the millennials are shunning home ownership. It's not a significant problem at all. Um, with that out there, um, that's pretty scary. If you're an investor, and again, you'll hear radio shows and television shows push, you know, I'm the real estate guy for you. Um, you're, I'm going to be in a world of hurt. I've spent a lot of money on a home. I'm going to be in a world of hurt if I don't have someone to sell it to. Your home's only worth something if you're able to sell it uh, to someone else, right? Are you kind of getting this? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Greece's debt, we've talked a lot about, right? I feel like we've done it a little bit too much. You'd think Greece was a major superpower with all the conversation about their debt crisis and how they're dealing with it and the deal that they ultimately made. It's kind of a distraction. It's a tiny player on the economic stage. The nation of Greece has an annual gross domestic product of roughly $242 billion. That's roughly 1% of the GDP of the United States, about 1% of the total GDP of the European Union. Population is small, 11 million people. There's cities in the world that have more people than all of Greece. Um, it's just 2% of the population of the European Union. There is a lot of fuss that is tied towards contagion. Greece used to be part of what were called the pigs. Portugal, Italy, Ireland, Greece, and Spain. You wouldn't want bailouts to hit all those guys. So there's a contagion fear. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Catfight. Walmart versus Amazon. Fight for retail domination. It escalated. Amazon came out with this goofy idea a couple days ago to have Prime Day, which if, means if you pay 99 bucks, you can use Amazon Prime on the 15th of July to order all sorts of savings and goodies kind of a Black Friday in the middle of July. Walmart's not to be outdone. They said, you know what? We're going to do a rollback on July 15th for 2,000 online exclusive products. We're going to cut our shipping for free from $50 down to $35. So you just got to spend $35 to get free shipping. And nanny nanny boo boo, we think that having to be part of Prime's $99 a year club is silly because with Walmart, you don't have to be. Kind of catfight-ish, huh? Thousands of deals out there. Um, my microwave went on the Blitz or Skits a couple days ago. I'm like, can I hold off and buy one on the 15th? <laughs> like, why not save money if there's money to be saved? Walmart's been America's dominant retailer for decades, crushing other chains like Kmart and threatening local grocery businesses. Uh, it's expanded its fresh and frozen food offer, and it's been playing catch-up with Amazon, though, when it comes to the web. Um, so they're a pretty powerful company, right? So Amazon has kind of turned the tables on Walmart. They're the biggest in the world and the best. Walmart's problem is they're struggling to grow traffic in their stores. They're trying to gain new customers. Um, so I like a good cat fight. I'm not sure about you, but I absolutely possibly do. Especially if you and I are going to be the ultimate winners in said cat fight. Uh, consumers. Apple's share of the smartphone profits 92 percent last year was just 65 percent now listen to this this is where the math gets kind of like crazy right so apple gets 92 percent of the profits samsung gets 15 percent now go back to high school and you're like 92 plus 15 that's more than 100 percent that can't be possible it can be possible because other companies break even or lose money so Apple's asking suppliers to make a record number of new iPhones. Samsung forecasts disappointing profits. HTC reported a quarterly loss. Microsoft wrote down 80% of the value of the smartphone business that it acquired from Nokia. Whoa. They're getting a little bit bigger. Apple's share of profits is remarkable given that it sells less than 20% of the smartphones. That's a huge disparity. It reflects its ability to command much higher prices for its phones. Its rivals mostly use Google's Android operating system, making it harder for them to distinguish their offerings and prompting many to compete by cutting prices. Um, Apple had a bad week last week because the Chinese stock market has had a bad quarter. Let me just give you a second to wrap your head around that for a second. Apple had a bad week because China's had a bad quarter. A lot of Apple's future growth is going to come from China. And if Chinese people are borrowing money to buy stocks and the stocks are losing value, at some point in time, they won't be buying Apple phones. So that's something that has to be in your head. Apple's iPhone last year sold for a global average of 624 bucks compared with the average $185 for smartphones that run Android. 
the average iPhone price in the quarter rose by more than 60 bucks to $659 now, as it's selling larger screen iPhone 6 and 6 Plus models. And they've got an order for something like $90 million at launch for their next product. At launch, they've always had problems meeting demand. They're trying to fix that because they're seeing money being left on the table and people going, oh, if I'm going to go to the Verizon store, I might as well like to uh, pick up the phone anyway. We'll take whatever. 800-516-1220 calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, how about Legos? Everything is awesome. If you were to give me a question of which company would I rather own, Legos or Apple, I'm going with Legos. I know that makes like no sense to you, but they've been selling these colorful bricks since 1963, and they've got Lego video games and Lego Ninjago TV shows and movies that help feed the product. Um, it's pretty fascinating to me. So it's a Danish Danish. When I say Danish, don't you just want a big fat donut? It's a Danish toy maker. They're giving its colorful bricks their first makeover since 1963. It's going to take 15 years, and if the company can help it, you won't be able to tell the difference. The company is assembling a team of scientists to find a bio-based alternative to the petroleum-based plastic that's been used to make its bricks for decades because the popular building blocks are a major contributor to the company's carbon footprint. It's expected to be a lengthy process going to 2030, because none of today's alternatives to plastic, such as those made from raw materials derived from plants, meet the company's requirements for giving Lego bricks a consistent look and feel. Interesting. So the one thing that could trip up Lego, or not the one thing, uh, iPhones could trip them up, right? But parents are like, no, don't give your kid an iPhone until he's six, seven, no! Like, the one thing that could trip them up you know, making Legos is incredibly precise. They mold it to about four thousandths of a millimeter. Very durable. It holds color really well. It even has a particular sound when you clink them. With the steep decline in oil prices, Legos seem to be running against the economic tide for a company that's uh, based in plastic. Attention to bio-based plastics grew significantly about ten years ago when oil prices skyrocketed, pushing companies to search for alternatives. Uh, it's good. You know, I, I feel like at least they're looking into this, right? And they've got a long-term plan for it. Um, so the company is going to pull in about $1 billion this year. It's got a 24.6% operating profit margin. So short-term, I'd probably rather own Apple. Long-term, I'd probably rather own Legos. Because, again, I don't even know if that's a real question, you know? Um but people care more and more about carbon emissions. So I think catering to companies that do that is pretty fantastic. Did you hear the story? There's a fake story that was going around that Coca-Cola's got uh, like 32% of the world's water in their products. That It was a fake story, but people were posting it on Facebook as if it were true. Um, we live in a funny world, and people are stupid. Coca-Cola has been studying the use of plant-based materials to make it's plastic bottles. The company unveiled a bottle last month that was made entirely from plant products for, again, that reason that people care about this. 
and I think that's a good thing. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I don't have a lot more on Greece. I just don't. Um, sickle companies have shown relative strength today. Um, Growth-sensitive sector got a little bit of support from the retail ETF. It's a sector spider uh, called XRT. It's trading higher. High beta stocks, uh, very volatile stocks that move up and down more so than the market. Uh, Amazon is up, you know, nine bucks today. Netflix up 27. Price line up 25. And those are gains of two to four percent based on which stock we're talking about. But you can see that it's kind of a glorious day out there, all tied towards Greek officials agreed a framework for third bailout package. Now, again, it should not be lost on you. It's a bailout. That means they're failing. It should not be lost on you. America has a bailout package every year called our budget, where we basically print money. Greece didn't have that ability to print their own money to get themselves out of it. So we will pay attention to that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Chevy Silverado. Um, it's that time of the year when trucks and cars are showing, like, what's the car of 2016? Um, and again, it brings up the millennials and the questions of, do millennials, if they don't want to own a house, do they want to own a car? And you're going to see more and more stories about self-driving cars, and that's going to scare the bejesus out of General Motors, Ford, and other companies. But, again, no one thinks realistically cars completely go away because of the convenience of having a car. But ride-sharing is picking up, and uh, there are investments there. I saw that someone made a horrible mistake of not investing in Airbnb when it was, they were looking for $150,000 not that long ago. And now it's a $35 billion valuation that would have got you 10% of the company. Uh, $150,000 would have got you 10% of the company. Stop and think about that for a second, $35 billion, and know that millennials are a big conversation that we have on a regular basis. Now, again, if I were to talk about drug companies, we could talk about baby boomers and how they're taking more and more pharmaceuticals. And if you just look into a baby boomer's cabinet, you'll be like, ooh, I want to invest in those pharmaceutical companies. But be cautious on that one. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money invested in more. Apple Pay is coming to the UK tomorrow. Apple Pay is one of those things that's baked in at this point in time. Apple's giant iPad may be coming in November. That's been rumored for quite some time. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Apple's also going to give Greek customers a free month of iCloud storage. Whoa. <laughs> Greece is in the news. I can't hide from that story. Let's bring in real estate investor Tony Mendez. Joining us today, Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's my personal mortgage lender. He's done a couple refis for me, a couple of purchases as well. Um, on top of that, he could do home equity lines of credit. He's a mortgage lender. Tony, let's talk about arms. And I'm not talking about the things with fingers at the end. I'm talking about adjustable rate mortgages. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a lot of people into trouble because they're buying too much house in the 2000s and they're using adjustable rate mortgages to get the lowest right. possible mortgage rate. They kind of have a bad name. Yeah, they still it, have that name. And unfortunately, the bad loan, the NEGAM loan or negative amortization loan was tied to ARMS. Okay. And that's why ARMS got a bad rap. ARMS have a great use in the, in the market, primarily because they have a shorter or a lower interest rate than a 30-year fixed. And you can almost conform that to the time frame that you're going to stay in the property. Uh, a, a lot of investors use them as well because it can improve their cash flow. So there's a great use for ARMS, but it's not for everybody. Um, we did get that bad rap over the last few years, uh, starting in 2007, you know, kind of 2008, and it scared a lot of people away. We arm usage in the Bay Area dropped below 5%. Okay. Historically, in the Bay Area, it's as high as 40%. Right now, we're sitting about 19%. So it is creeping back up, um, and we're also seeing rates rising on the 30-year fix. So people are going to start gravitating towards the arm. Um, but before you do, make sure it fits what you need. Now, what's that mean? It means, it, it, is it going to fit your timeline? Are okay. you aware of the risks involved? Do you even know how an arm works? Uh, do you know what the index is? Do you know what the margin is? Okay, so there's all so many let's things that the, people... Let's start with the time. Adjustable rate mortgage comes in... Terms. Three, three years, One year, three years, year, five years, so. year, seven year, ten year terms. Okay. Um, and based on what's going on in the bond market and the treasuries, will determine whether or not the five year might be priced better than seven. But no matter what... It's got to fit your time frame because if you stay in your house longer than that fixed term, you're going to risk that rate becoming what they call fully adjustable. And it'll adjust to the index that the arm is tied to or the rate is tied to, which is the margin and the index combined together. So you could be tied to an index that's fluctuating dramatically by the time you become adjustable and your rate drop uh, increase significantly. Raise your, your, and your mortgage payment goes up. So if you're a Facebook engineer, if you're a engineer and like you're 20-something, there's a good chance like you may want to go to New York in 10 years. You may, like an arm might be appropriate if you right. think you're going to be kind of a traveling cowboy right? take your business elsewhere. Yeah, and, and for those people who are going, oh, arms, arm, we're not promoting arms. We're promoting arms as a... Um, as an alternative to the 30-year fix to help you save money. Yep. We've run scenarios, and I know that you know this person personally, where they saved $25,000 over a five-year period because they decided to take an arm instead, and they were going to get a large inheritance where they're going to pay off the house and, and stay in the house. So there are other scenarios in which case this will use um, it, 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 the best use. But, yeah, for the example of the person that's going to be moving or a person that's young, they, they say, you know, this is my starter home. I'm going to sell it build some equity, why would you get a 30-year fixed at a rate that's 1% higher? You're, you're paying on a $400,000 loan, that's 
that's almost $3,000 a year more. Why would you pay $3,000 a year more when you know you're going to be selling your house before this loan becomes uh, adjustable? So the easiest example of this is 30-somethings who are just getting married before they have kids. They should probably get a seven-year arm if they think as a couple we're trying to have kids, we're actively going to make babies, um, and we're going to need a bigger home down the road. We're going to have to sell this home. An arm, seven-year arm is perfect for them. Yeah, and, it, and again, it, it's difficult to hear actually hear you saying this because you've been pretty conservative as far as what you advise people to do or, or suggest people to do. 30-year fix was great when it was at 3.5%. It's great when it's 4%. It's great when it's 45 But as rates go up, you're just going to start seeing the arms are the only way that you can get a rate that's uh, uh, and payment that's going to be manageable. How much, lower, how much lower can someone pay? I know a 15-year mortgage is a lower rate than a 30-year mortgage. Right. Because the bank's going to get their money sooner. Right. Is the basic idea. And they can t- track it to the 10-year treasury versus the 30 years. Right. Um, and they don't have to adjust as much for inflation in the way they're getting their money back. We've got about a minute left. How much lower can people expect a 7-year and a 5-year adjustable rate mortgage to be in this current market? About three three quarters of a percent. Okay, so like a, maybe a four percent would be down to three and a quarter. If a thirty years at four percent, you're talking about an arm being at three. It, and a quarter. it depend, also depends on the the length of the term and and what's pricing better. And that's something that you just have to sit down with your and look at your credit score, look at the equity, and see what works. You have to run the same scenario. It's not always going to work for everybody, but it can work for some people. Um, again, the the basic rule is when rates are low, you get the the longest fixed term you can, usually thirty year, um, and arms when rates are going up. It's obviously a complex scenario. You do need to talk with a mortgage lender. You do need to run scenarios. If they're not running scenarios for you, they should. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. Be cool. Be patient. Don't get stressed with the market. Have a game plan. Super important. Know that things change. And you need to change your perspective on the markets as you age, as you get more money accumulated, as the economy changes. None of this is set in stone. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.